0: What about this, Dane? Are you having this? Hey, Dane, this producer, Dane. Can you hear this? What are you can do with that, Dane? Louise, do a little Trump noise. I can't. I don't
1: think. Give I Give it can. a go. Give it a
0: go. Give it a go. Give it a go. I could
1: probably just give you a real Trump to
0: us. No 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 no, okay. no, 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 <sighs> no. I just can't get over how how many people turned up to watch take that come into our radio station building. Uh, on uh, I think it was fr- Thursday or Friday. I think Friday. Hundreds.
1: It's always it's always the way with that band, though. Like people just grew up with them and have such an allegiance with them. It's insane.
0: When when is it going to end, though? When when is the the whole take that thing going to end? Was it like two of them left now? Three of them. They started off like six or seven. Now there's just like three of them left.
1: When they're dead.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe like the Sugar Babes. Maybe I'd like to see that. You know, like the Sugar Babes by the end were like triggers broom in that. There was no original members left in it. They just kinda of, actually Mutcha. Mucha, Mucha was, was was hardcore, wasn't she, in the Sugar Babes.
1: Was she? She
0: was an original, an OG, and then uh, and then they just kind of kept replacing people in. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it just carries on, gets a life of its own.
1: Uh Bush, what's going on in the background there? Tell me now. Uh noise-wise, what's going on in the background, first
0: of all? Uh, my children are arguing. There's lots of lots of arguing going on this morning. Lots of both still in their pyjamas, both fighting over Lego bricks. And basically, our, our two-year-old, Stella, is just like a thug, like a little muscly thug. So Thea, the five-year-old, is very gentle and sharing and kind and all that kind of stuff, sensitive. Stella's just like a big old, like an old flat-cap-wearing thug from um, from like a, from 1918 or something, you know, britches, <laughs> big old belly. So she just comes in and grabs stuff off her. So there's a lot of like, ah! Or she, you'll, you'll hear a scream and you'll go into their room and, and Stella's like sat on Thea, just pinning her to the floor. So. <laughs> There's a lot of crowd control going on. How's your household this morning, uh, Louise? How's your, how's things there?
1: How hectic, well? hectic. Um, no, really hectic. Um, my partner's gone out to work, and it's like I call him the Tasmanian Devil because he just like comes in. Brrr, Ruins everything, (laughs) makes a mess, leaves everything on the floor, and then is gone. And then you realise how stressed you've been in the last hour waiting for them to leave. Hey,
0: do you know what? Speaking of Tom, your other half, we we left people with a hell of a cliffhanger on uh, last week's episode. We had quite a few messages about it as well. uh, About the brisket, Um, you were worried that the brisket he was cooking for when he had guests over was too tough. How was it in the end?
1: It turns out you were right, bush because it just did need some more time in the oven, and it yes. was incredible. Absolutely, it was a. Me- it ended up being like this Mexican feast wow. with a brisket in the middle of the table. It was absolutely incredible. Very impressed.
0: And it was a good. It was a good dinner party. Then you you guys succeeded in dinner partying.
1: It was awesome to the point where one of our guests at one point had to go out on the balcony and have a few minutes to himself because he'd eaten so much. Oh wow! And the other one asked, could he take to the counter Couch for a little while.
0: There's something about... So brisket, would you be serving that like like pulled pork type style? It's like so you scrape it off, that kind of thing. Is that what it, it is?
1: No, it, it was sliced. It was like literally a, a brisket sliced into many, many slices. So you just kept going for more and more and more.
0: Wow. Because I, I, I've had that before where you go to those places, those American diner places, and you have like... Whole pork or whatever, and you do get, my yeah. friend Kester calls it the meat wheeze. You get a bit yeah. of a meat wheeze on, almost like it's like it suddenly hits you, because you, you think, oh, this is gorgeous, can't get enough of it, and then it just turns, just something happens where you think, oh, dear, hold on a minute, I might have overdone it a little bit here.
1: Yeah, one of the guests had meat. the meat sweats.
0: The meat sweats as well? He was just,
1: yeah, so overwhelmed, he had to just take himself off for a little while. So I think that's the sign of a good party, a good dinner, a good lunch party, uh, Bush.
0: It is, I mean, you know, people listening to this right now, if there's any other foods that give you like a... An unexpected situation where you suddenly doubt yourself. I'd say eggs is another one. You know when you have like too many eggs, then you just think, oh, hold on a minute. You get like a, the fear. Bush, that's
1: not a thing. That is that the is fear. Not
0: a thing. Ian Brown's song "Fear" is about that bit in the week where you've just had too many eggs and you've made yourself some poached eggs and it suddenly just freaks you out a little bit. I'll tell you another one. People might have done this where you buy, oh, I want to get into eating more fish. Get some more fish in my life. Get some tin mackerel, and then you open it and think, oh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know about that.
1: So. I have decided to kind of alter my diet for a couple of reasons, mainly health reasons, right? Okay. And yesterday was the first time I'd ever eaten a tin of tuna because I think it's so akin to cat food. Yes. Like the whole thing of like, A, opening it, right? Yeah. That smell you get than having to drain it in the sink. It, does, it is it's like cat food. It's so like cat food, and you feel like a cat eating it.
0: So what did you, because you're quite cat-like, though. We've talked about I this know. before on the podcast. So I thought that would be a perfect fit for you. It's just like cat food for a cat-like person.
1: Like I know loads of people think I'm like a cat, right? And, I, you know, to the point where some people call me tittles, just because I'm wow. so like a cat. wow. Um. So I don't want to live up to the stereotype of the cat thing. So like, I probably stayed away from cat-like foods. And then to to kind of lean into the tuna yesterday, I was like, this is appalling. I may as well just get a saucer of milk and just you know go at it. You be, know? be
0: done with it. How, how did you have this uh, this tuna feast that you were making for yourself?
1: Wish I made a tuna melt. I I made tuna mayonnaise. I stuck it on a bagel, and then I melted some cheese on top. I've got to say, pretty pretty delicious. Oh, it's
0: pretty good. I wouldn't have even thought of that myself. I thought you were making the old uh, university or college classic, which is uh, tuna with mayonnaise and sweet corn mixed into uh, hot pasta with a bit of pepper on the top. That's always a good one.
1: <laughs> it's such a stellar one, isn't it? I love for, like, it. Like no money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Takes me back. Um, I'd like to. Ba- I'd like to backtrack for one second before we get on with this. Uh huh. How many eggs is too many eggs?
0: I'd say, I mean, people might be listening and, and disagree with this, but I'd say maybe f- if you have more than four, three or four eggs a week, then I think you're... you're a in... week? Yeah.
1: I have two a day.
0: You have two eggs a day? Yes. Every day of the week?
1: Mo- like a lot of the time, yeah.
0: So you could be having 14 eggs a week? <laughs> do, you, well, do, you go to the, do you go for like a proper sit-down toilet maybe like once a month, twice a month? <laughs> Because egg bound is the big fear, isn't it? That's what your nana would have said to you back in the day. You don't have to you don't want to have too many eggs, you get yourself egg boned.
1: I can't believe you're saying four you're no, you're wrong in this. I never say that, Bush. I always say, Well, maybe, let's put it out there. I can tell you right now you're wrong. Four eggs a week being too much, you're absolutely nuts. Well this you're is
0: nuts. this is blowing my mind. You're nuts. You are the nutter because you're having fourteen <laughs> eggs a week. Imagine that, just looking in front of you, you now, imagine fourteen fried eggs. That's what you're having.
1: Yeah, but it's it's all spread out. But also I get the um maybe it's not fourteen because I get the large tray of eggs, you know, ten eggs in a yeah. in a thing so I get them and probably get through one of those a week yeah it makes perfect sense still pretty
0: bad I, I tell you what you're eating if you ever stay in like a travel lodge or something you're, you're eating the equivalent of an entire hot plate of fried eggs that might be shared amongst an entire like you know group of coach party of people Louise
1: bring it on bring it on Bush Let's, I'll take on that coach party and I'll eat those eggs
0: uh, please get back in touch with us a to Z of everything on Instagram. Uh, if if you are uh, if you eat more than fourteen eggs or anywhere near a comparable amount of eggs,
1: yes. And just on that note, Bush, we have changed the Instagram handle, so it is A to Z of everything. Just search for us, and you'll find us there.
0: We've had, although I've tried to um, link my Instagram account to that account, and I don't know what's happened. I've got this weird floating non-account, so I don't know what I've been posting. No one's been watching. Put it that way. Get I- in t- Okay, get in touch, and we will get back with you.
1: I didn't even respond to your message when you were like, What's this about? I can't find the I can't find the account. I was like, I'm not even getting <laughs> into this with him. I just can't. I, I
0: think just... I might have reached my tech limit to be honest with you. So but anyway Come and say hello. We love hearing from you. Well, let's, let's get down to business then, Lomo. Uh, welcome to the A to Z of Everything, UK podcasting's most ambitious, uh, chronicling, uh, project. We're trying to categorize and record everything in life by organizing it in alphabetical order because just how we roll guided by the bag of destiny, a felt bag of, uh, stones with letters drawn on them. Very high tech. Uh, last week we drew letter F. Um, and I think this is gonna be a good one because there's quite a, a lot of good things in life that begin with F, isn't there, Lomo?
1: Yeah, there is. I didn't I didn't have like, you know, any sort of anxiety and panic when you drew F from the bag. And I think we're gonna be okay today. Not like X and Q. I think we're gonna be okay.
0: Uh, this is very timely for me because I've just changed the fish and chip order that I normally have. So and it fits <gasps> in with F. Ooh. If I may kick things off. So um, it's the same for curry. I don't know about you. I always have the same thing if I go to a chip shop. What, just out of interest, or dare I even ask, what is it 15 boiled eggs and a small <laughs> portion of chips for you if you go to a chippy?
1: Um, so my chippy order is... So there's this thing in Ireland, right, called the Spice Burger, which you guys don't have. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his head in his hands. There's a thing in Ireland called the Spice Burger, and like it got discontinued for a while, and people took to the streets... And so they had to bring it back to chippers. We call them chip, the chipper, by the way. Chipper, okay, um, brilliant. I'll chipper. add to my
0: almanac of words.
1: Do, and um, it used to be a bag of chips, or a portion of chips, we'd say, and a spice burger. Um, really delicious, really weird. But since I got over here, again, one of the things you guys don't have. Mine is now cotton chips and mushy peas.
0: Oh, that's good. That's that's what I used to have. That's, that's very yeah. normal for, for you. Don't take this the wrong way. That's a very run-of-the-mill normal order. Just on the spice burger thing, is there nowhere in London or the United Kingdom where you can get one?
1: I don't think so. I'd love for people to get in touch. If you know where I can get a good spice burger...
0: Is it meat? What is it? What's it made of?
1: It's not. I was going to say, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, if anyone can get in touch where I can get a spice burger... Uh, <laughs> spice
0: burger. What is it? What is it, though? What the hell is it?
1: You know, it's, do you know what's weird? I've never even questioned what, what it is. So Will I, I look it, it up? Will I look it up? No, 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 no. Let me look it up. Hang on. Give me one second. Louise is... Feels like it could be veggie.
0: Well, I hope so. Otherwise, you're just eating this meat. You don't even know what the hell it is at all.
1: I know. We kind of like those sometimes, you know, know, bingo meat. Like, if you go into, like, a kebab shop, you're like, what even is this meat? And it's just a surprise.
0: Bingo meat sounds like a terrible Saturday night, I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, Whilst whilst Louise is looking up uh, Spice Burger, what it's made of... Uh, the F for me is fish cakes. I have pivoted from being a uh, fish, chips, and mushy peas guy. Uh, and I got the ick. You know, we talk about having too many in one go. Well, I did this thing called the Chip Shop Tour with my radio show, uh, Home Time on mm-hmm. Absolute Radio. And we did we did like um, a tour of the country trying out fish and chips to see who does the best ones. And the, the downside of that is I've just absolutely over codded myself. I don't want it anymore. It makes mm-hmm. me feel really weird. Like you have to follow cod and chips with a cup of tea to take the edge off the grease if you know what I mean. So what I've decided to do is is only have fish cakes now and it's a revelation. I'm now a fish cakes guy.
1: Too highbrow. Way too highbrow for a chipper, for a chipper order. I'm not having it. What,
0: fish cakes?
1: Fish cakes are like, you know, they could be, you could get a fish cake in a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah? I don't think that that's what you want on a Friday night. I think if you're going to go chip shop order, you need to go Savaloy chips or like whatever the hell else. You know the way they have so much stuff on the menu? I love that menu up on the wall. You
0: basically like filth uh, in Phil,
1: exactly. If you're going to do it, don't go. Like, sorry, do you have chips with the fish cakes? Yeah, So
0: my, my order would be uh, two fish cakes, chips, mushy peas. Oh, I don't
1: that's, know. Bush. That's the new meat. That's can... the new me, Louise. I don't know. Can I give you a little bit of a a little bit of a um, insight into spice burgers? Yeah, yeah. Let's. That makes let's... me like them a bit less. Bush.
0: Oh, good. Good. I'm all for that. Go on then.
1: Oh my God! Do you know what the first sentence says spice burgers really are an Irish delicacy.
0: Wow. wow. Lovely. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Mints... So it is meat. Great start. Mince, mixing some herbs, onions, and spices before covering it in a u- in a unique crumb.
0: Oh god, <laughs> that's very nondescript, that? isn't it? Lot leaves the door open for a lot of interpretation, there, doesn't it?
1: You then deep fry them, and that's what you're that's what you're getting.
0: Okay, so we're getting a bit of intel there on what a spice spice burger is, and like I say, if you if you know where to get them in London, because I would like to try one. I mean, I, I you know I like a okay. burger. I'll be up for trying one of those. Uh, Get in touch, A to Z of everything, uh, on Instagram. So that's kicking things off, and that's just how I roll. I want to send the message out to the chip shop community. F is for fish cakes.
1: Beautiful. I'm not not convinced, but I'll allow it. Okay, the second thing I'd like to add today, Bush, is the, I guess, the item um, in my flat that has done the most work over the last few months. More work than the toilet, more work than the oven. More at work than anything uh, in the whole household. If you Go say on. if
0: you say your bed, I think I'm gonna wrap the podcast up early because that's too much information.
1: Well, I was gonna say my fanny, and then I realised oh. no, that has done no work over the last
0: few. Months. Your fanny.
1: <laughs> so, well, it begins with F, so it's like. But no, wait, I can because it hasn't done any work. Let's be honest. No, what I really want to add in is my fan.
0: Oh, okay, phew. Yeah. Great.
1: Now. What I've had going on all summer, it, you look so relieved.
0: Yeah, I thought we were going into, you know, <laughs> pivoting from fish cakes into that was an interesting, uh, interesting <laughs> combo in this podcast. we <laughs> lose a lot of listeners.
1: So what I've had going on all um, summer is a fan on this sort of thing. I guess it's like a chest of drawers at the end of my bed. This thing. And then a second fan, well, whatever, because we all th- call them different things, uh, you know, whatever. And <laughs> a fan on a stool that's nearer me. Two fans. So there's been two fans on me all summer. Yeah, and I have been so grateful for those fans. Like I live in a flat where like there's really good sound insulation, which means it gets really hot in the summer because there's no. Is it a air new build? Escaping. A new build place? It's an, it's eight years old.
0: Well, this is. I, I had I had a new build house, uh, a flat in in Bristol back in the day, and it was yeah. great in the winter because it keeps it all nice and toasty. But in the summer, they're so they don't lose any heat like old houses no. do. So it's roasting hot.
1: So there's no draft. And there's no air getting in or out. And I obviously, you crack a window. But, you know, because we live in, in quite a busy road, you want to sometimes keep some of the windows closed. So the fan... I would have maybe perished without my fans. You may have perished. Summer,
0: but... do you, do you genuinely think you may have perished? Potentially. Okay. And then what, you're sat there like... um John Candy, uh, in, when he's uh, the Deep South guy in, in JFK, he has a meeting with him, I remember, in a restaurant, and it's really hot, and he's constantly dapping his forehead with a handkerchief. Is that the kind of vibe we're getting
1: here? 100%, and it got to the point where the fans were based in the bedroom. So they're in the bedroom, by the way. Okay. Um, And so I would just go, no matter what time of day or not, I'd just be in there with the fans on, trying to cool down.
0: So you are a cat. I mean, every every episode of this podcast, <laughs> your, your cat-like behaviour shows itself even more, so... I imagine as well, if it's really hot, you might just stretch out on the the kitchen floor to keep yourself cool like a cat.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. The tiles are very cooling, really like it in there. Get some fans on me, I'd be there all summer. Are
0: you a nightmare if you went on a hot holiday? Would you moan about being too hot a lot of the time? Sit under a tree with a wet towel on your knees, like my mum used to do when we were kids? Do
1: you know what? If I have like a a pool or like the sea, I'm grand because I know it can dip in and out. It's city heat, Bush. Like London's, and I don't know about you, I've lived here for years now, the summers are getting hotter and it just becomes more and more oppressive, that sort of pollutiony, yeah. pollutiony summer heat over here. And it's that heat that really fucks me off. When I'm on holiday, I'm like, okay, let's get an, an, an American, let's have a dip in the sea. But when you're here, there's no escaping it, and I hate that.
0: Uh, and uh, can I just ask as well, from a parental level, you made the money having a, fat, a fan running, that two fans running 24-7?
1: So I looked it up. It's 30p a minute.
0: That's quite a lot, isn't it?
1: I know, but we don't have any heating bills during the winter because we don't turn the heat on.
0: So you kind of, uh, weirdly, unlike other people, it's like the other way around. You, you're paying most yeah. of your energy bills during the,
1: uh, the 100%. summer. 100%. Yeah,
0: 100%. And if you, did you invest in one of them fancy, and I don't really still understand how they work those, um, is it a Dyson fan that's just like a hoop?
1: No, I think they're overrated. Bush. We did get a um, portable air con, but that is so expensive to run that that's just in the really like you know when you have a heat warning, basically that comes out. Is that where you have to have like a but tube
0: going out of your window?
1: Yes, we have that. that? It looks like, the a, like a kebab
0: shop or something. Oh, it's in there, just really weird.
1: It's so horrible and it's so <laughs> loud and the tube is everywhere. It's such a gross way to live, but you're so de- you know you're so grateful of it when you hit like I don't know 38 degrees in London come here you live in a house in eleyonce and it's it's a it's an older house right uh-huh. so were you getting plenty of draft during this summer
0: no no still roasting as well we had to we've but we've got two fans we've got one really good like tube fan tower thing that uh rotates left and right or oscillates and you can program it for like it, it does this thing where it does like nature's draft, which it does like breeze like nature, which is very good. The Only problem is with it, it's, it's creaking like my knees when I bend down and pick the kids' toys up. So if it looks left and right, it goes like, er, 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 and that can be a little bit unsettling when you sleep. And then the other thing we've got, I've got like an old fashioned desk fan, you know, like a circular A fan you might have like that would blow dry ice across a stage if there was a gig, one of those kind of big circular fans. And it is crap. If you literally are more than a foot away from it, you can't even feel it. So it's definitely getting hotter. So I think fan technology is is now a big thing. You know, you, it's worth spending a bit of money on.
1: 100%. Going back to your first fan there, uh, Nature's Draft really sounds like something else,
0: <laughs> Nature's Draft sounds like uh, some kind of, like, cream you might want to put on yourself.
1: I think it sounds like someone's going to, like, do a fart on you.
0: Louise...
1: Nature's Draft. Think
0: about it. It's a good I suppose it is a good point. If you if you are listening to this now and you think what does nature's what what was the first thing that popped into your head when I said nature's draft, do get in touch. A to Z of Everything. Uh but there you go. F is for fans here on the A to Z of Everything. I'm gonna chuck another one back at you in terms of it the household and maybe the summer and heat, etc. F is for flies. Oh and I hate God. flies more than anything on this planet i hate them so much i can't really put into words how much i hate flies like what do they do i know i know most insects and everything give something back to the kind of the great big kind of um symbiotic relationship between everything on this planet i just think everything bar flies i don't think flies do anything do they do anything flies
1: so come here when you come down into your kitchen after especially known on, on a hot summer's night why are there so many flies in the kitchen? Yeah. Like, obviously, you have your kitchen window open because it's so warm. Every morning I come into the kitchen during summer, there's been, like, ten flies. Yeah. No food is left out. They're getting
0: bigger as well. Like, it used to be little kind of normal flies, but we I've had an ongoing... We talked about it on the radio show, but I had this, like, three- or four-day battle with this one massive blue bottle that, you know, you show them the window, you open, get out, there it is, there's the window, mate, but they just keep hammering back into the glass. And what it would do is, like... Land on the uh, blind, on the big light, uh, you know, Mm. uh, lampshade thing. Wait till you're watching TV and then just land on the telly, right on someone's face, so you've got to get up every time. Absolutely hate the damn things.
1: I can imagine that you're... Because I know you're quite a laid-back, calm guy, right, in general. Overall. But I reckon something like that really rattles your cage.
0: Particularly if I can't get it, because I've always been the guy, like, I will deal with the spiders in this house. I'll, I'll deal with that kind of stuff. And I've been kind of legendary, even though Katie won't admit it, be quite legendary for killing flies in flight with a wet tea towel. I'm quite good at doing the old... It goes back to the your school whip. days, the whip. I don't know if you did that <laughs> at school. You used to take your tie off and whip each other's asses with it.
1: <laughs> this is going back to quavers again. To quavers. You guys were sick.
0: Lot of touching each other's backsides at my school. It was, you know, it was, it was an all-boys grammar school, so there you go, that's what we used to do. It was a
1: different time. Different, different time. time.
0: But um, I, I've always been really good at getting them, stunning them with the whip uh, tea towel and then finishing them off with a shoe or something like that or picking them up by the wing and throwing them out the window. But they, these ones now are just so big, they can take a couple of shots of, uh, of, of the whip and just carry on, you know, check their head a little bit, slap themselves around the chops and on they fly. They're not, not bothered by it at all.
1: Oh, dude, I know. I'm called the fly whisperer in this house because <laughs> what I do, I've, I've just found this new technique where I hold up a massive blanket, you know, arms sort of, what'd you say? Arms reached out, holding the blanket. Right. And then I walk the flies towards the open, the wide open window, and I get them all out that way. I like so that. So I basically, I'm basically like a sheepdog, but for flies, and I just get whistling, them all out. Do a bit of whistling and, as yeah, well. Like. exactly. Running back and forth, you know.
0: Somebody told me that if you say to a fly, "Please leave," or like you ban it, you can banish it with with a vocal command, a verbal command.
1: Who told you that?
0: I think it's true. I think it might be true. You can say they understand or something like that. Someone said try it and it might work, so I might give that a go. But imagine now if you can actually talk to flies and just say. Seriously, stop mucking about. The worst, of the other ones, right? Just while we're on the subject of flies, you know, blue bottles, one thing. Little fruit flies who just land on like bananas and wine. They seem to be in, only interested in stuff that eighteenth-century uh, uh, oil paint people would have painted, like bowls, wine, fruit. You know what I mean? Glasses.
1: But I feel, I feel like if you leave a glass, so say if you have fruit juice, right, and then you leave that glass out overnight, it feels like. The juice, the remnants of the juice gives birth to the fruit fly. Because where did they come from? Yeah, they weren't in there it's to like show they just... the windows. They weren't there no. to start with. I know it's so weird. It's like they came from the juice. I mean, they obviously didn't, but I really hate them, I have to say. They just seem like such little menaces.
0: Well, you know, they they did, you know, them and their mates mosquitoes and everything have spread disease around the globe. Why don't we work on someone that just knocks them out? Taste their own medicine, huh? What about that? Love it, Bush, love it. Uh, F is for flies on the A to Z of everything.
1: Okay, so the next one's going to make me sound like a tiny bit pathetic, but I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, so, first of all, it's I'm going in big, right? And then I'll whittle it down a bit. Nice. So, the next F is going to be for fire.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because, you know, I said I was going big. Fire. Because it's just so amazing, right? So, fire is going in. But the reason I'm bringing it in is because I really miss having a fireplace. And, like, in winter... Cracking on a fire at like three or four, and then the sun goes down, and you get to sit by the fire. To the point that, and I think this really makes me a loser. To the point that, obviously, we know now I live in a new build. And what I've started doing is putting, now oh not no. in the summer, but in the winter, I put YouTube on and I put like a crackling open fire on YouTube. Wow. And I just leave it on the telly, and people come in, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I just am trying to get the cozy vibes. And they're like, this is kind of pathetic. It's either genius or pathetic. And I can't figure out which one it is.
0: That's like a really high tech version of. I remember when I was a kid, my nan used to have like a, you know, people used to have like fake fires or they'd have like a gas fire, but it used to have like a, a light that moved under a load of crystals and then it made yes, a kind yes, of shimmering yes, yes. effect in your lounge. And we, me and my brother were obsessed with those crystal things. We used to try and, and we used to nick them from shops and all that kind of stuff because just it was like a you know an early days treasure or a jewel back then. But uh, it's kind of does it work? Does it feel like you're um, you're in front of a fire with that kind of playing in the background?
1: So like it also has the noise, you know. So yeah. it's also doing the whole crackling noise and stuff. And like if you're sort of reading a book in the sort of you know, peripheral vision it's on, you can kind of get tricked into thinking it. Obviously, if you're walking around as normal, you know you don't have a fireplace. (laughs) But if you're sort of half in, half out, you can, for a couple of minutes, really get tricked into thinking that there is one. Am I a sado, or are we going to allow that?
0: Well, I mean, people can decide for themselves. I I have my my own view, uh, A to Z of everything. Get in touch. Uh, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm... Part of me thinks shadow, okay, because there's no heat being kicked off from there, but having we've got we've got a fire here at, at our house, and mm. ooh, just check me out with the, with me fire. Um, but like I like it, but there's also there's a load of kind of stuff that comes with having a fire, which is a bit stressful, like going to bed if it's still going, and you know, you've got to close it all down a little bit, but you always up in bed thinking, is our lounge on fire? I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Or then you get that other bit where it'll like fire out like a little rocket of like molten lava spit out at you. Do you know what I mean? And then you've also mm-hmm. got to go outside in your crocs and pick up mm-hmm. more wood if you're running out of wood or kindling as well. And one other thing, there's nothing more embarrassing or emasculating actually for me, is not being able to get a fire going in front of Katie who grew up in Northumberland. So if you can make a fire out of anything, like Ray Mears.
1: Not even like even if you have like a what do they call them? Zip fire starters. Even if you have them you struggle, do you bush? It's
0: all down to the uh, if you get it's poor wood. If you can't get wood then, uh, then now it happens, and you, it's quite emasculating.
1: Never a truer phrase was spoken.
0: Go. Bush. Let's get it put on a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, so, what about that? I like that though. I like people who who have like sound effects for things. Like, for example, then uh, there's me saying you're you know weirdo for that. But if we're playing a board game of a particular theme, we'll put on. That kind of music. So, if we're playing a board game that's to do with medieval times, I'll try and find some medieval, a medieval Spotify playlist to enhance the feeling. So, it's a sensory oh, thing, isn't it? My Wild <laughs> no, West. If you play a game about the Wild West. We'll find some kind of like, you know, music from you know Wild West movies, Louise.
1: Again, I don't know if that's the cutest thing I've ever heard or the saddest thing. Yeah, ever
0: heard. Yeah, but I can't you. make up my mind. Exactly, back at <laughs> you. Uh, let's let the audience decide on that one. <laughs> In the A to Z of everything F, 100%, with a little kind of question mark and a red flag, maybe next to it, is for fires. Uh, let's go to some of your suggestions here then. Uh, thank you so much, by the way, for getting in touch on these things. We, we are honoured by you uh, getting involved and suggesting things. Stu says, F is for fig rolls. Hugely underrated mm. biscuits. What's your take on a figgy biscuit, uh, Louise? Louise?
1: Oh, that's a good question, Bush. Firstly, uh, love them for the nostalgia point of view because my granny used to have them. It was she used to have fig rolls and club milks in her cupboard. Oh, yes. Um so we so it would always be fig rolls or club milk. I would go for the club milk because it would melt on my tea. Uh fig rolls you can't dip, and if you do, it's just oh, What do you mean come?
0: you can't dip? You can't dip because of course you can dip a, a fig roll, Louise. But
1: like what is that what is that texture on the outside?
0: It's like a crumbly biscuit.
1: Is it? Is it not a bit like we've talked about before between us, like the Jaffa cake, cake, is it a cake or is it a biscuit kind of thing? I don't think it's that biscuity. I, it's pretty like it's, it's not, pretty not the snap of a biscuit.
0: Well, I know, because it's got the kind of weird, like, stretchy fig bit. Someone did yeah. ruin it for me a little bit, though, by... I don't know who this was. Is it about the fact there might be dead wasps in, in the figs?
1: <laughs> Why? Someone
0: told me that there's, there's, there's a thing that can happen where wasps go into figs and die. Again, this is scant detail but you can end up with like the, the carcass of a dead wasp in there. And that, for me, going back to the flies thing from earlier on, can you imagine eating a dead wasp? That'd be so awful, wouldn't it?
1: I mean, that's the kind of stuff that would give you nightmares. I don't know where you're getting that from.
0: I think it might Absolute be true. madness. I think it might be true.
1: <laughs> I think it might be true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's haunted me, even though I'm a massive Figgy Biscuit fan. Stu, all I would say, mate, is just, just have a little look inside before you bite through it next time. Uh, F is for Fig Biscuits, Fig Rolls.
1: Um, this is going to be controversial and I don't know whether I should say it on a podcast that anyone can listen to but I do have a caveat for bringing it up today
0: well you you were very uh, at ease with talking about how you can get hold of um narcotics the other week and so <laughs> this uh, is
1: even more controversial
0: <laughs> go on do it I, I'm all for um, it.
1: Okay, so when my granny passed away, you know, we're all, at, we're all at an age now where it's likely that all our grandparents have passed on. It's a really sad time in your life. You're young. It's usually the first person that dies in your life. And my granny left me something in her will, which is really controversial. And so she only left me two things. One was her wedding rings and the other is this item. Okay, and I don't know how I feel about it. I feel very torn about this item. Okay, so what she left me was her fur coat.
0: Oh, because old people used to have that kind of awful stuff. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So she left me her fur coat. I remember her wearing it, and I've really fond memories of hugging her when she was in it and stuff. And I, it still has the same smell bush yeah. as it had when she used to wear it when I was a kid. So she left it to me. And I feel so torn about A, owning it, and B, wearing it. It's a mink real fur coat. Now, I wouldn't in a trillion million years go out and buy real fur. I don't support it. I I really don't. I have no time for it. But this was made probably like 60 years ago. Yeah. And people weren't as, totally, and people weren't aware of the downsides of real fur. They just weren't. I know she wasn't. And now that we know and we have all this knowledge, I just, I'm like, do I wear it? Do I not wear it? Do I just keep it as a keepsake? Like, what am I doing with this? I love it. And I hate it at the same time.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because you know, from her era, that would have been an era where there was probably like absolutely no, you know, <laughs> humane way of doing things like that. They probably just battered them and stripped them and all. You know, it awful, not even worth thinking oh, about.
1: You're making it worse.
0: Horrendous, but you know, it is. Uh, you you. I do sometimes get frustrated when people look back at older times and then apply what we know now and our sensibilities now, yeah. and then try and demonise people from back then because it was just it was just completely different. People weren't as well. They didn't know. They didn't know. They exactly. just had no
1: knowledge of it. Like yeah. So
0: it's almost like I, if I was you, it looks like it's the kind of thing that could be put in like a little glass cabinet, or it's like a, it's a it's a not to be worn heirloom. Because if you wore you went out with it, I, I guess now if you were, to, you know, if someone sees someone with a fur coat or a real fur thing, it's like. Proper bad news, isn't it? Do you know what
1: I mean? Totally. I'm worried someone's going to, like, you know, pour a pint of red paint on me. Yes. Um, But it's just, you know, wearing it, though, is honouring her. And she passed it on to me thinking, as my first granddaughter, I really want her to wear this and probably give it to my daughter if I ever have one. And that's all been totally scuppered now. You know, that's just, it's going to have to probably stop with me. Unless, as you say, I put it in a glass case and honour it from afar. But I'm interesting that interesting that you said it's not to be worn. Okay, the only thing is faux fur is so convincing these days. I'm yeah. wondering, can I, wondering, can I pass it off as faux fur?
0: Oh, what, so the, the joke would be on everyone else secretly, you are wearing a thing that's made out of loads of dead animals.
1: <laughs> there's, no, there's no joke here. There's no but joke. Yes, exactly, that I can just be like, no, no, this is faux. Uh, but, like, again, I wouldn't have bought it, but it's honouring my ancestors, essentially, do you well, know? Well,
0: I remember going around um, uh, Bath. Like, There's an American uh, history museum in Bath that I was absolutely obsessed with. It's what got me into doing American history at uh, uh, university because uh, I went there for like a, a kid, one of my mate's birthday parties but they had an amazing uh, exhibition on of Marilyn Monroe's clothes from oh, yeah. the, her whole lifespan and there was loads of like fur stuff in there like original real fur etc because obviously different times but there was loads of little warnings around saying that obviously people don't do this now and it's not it's not you know not yeah. it's not looked upon you know well but but again I think as a historical thing an heirloom something that's kept in a box and is is a little snapshot from the past you know I think it's fine like I say just don't wear it
1: yeah. Okay, well, look, I'm really glad we got to clear this up. I haven't. I've, I, this is the thing I've been holding on to for the last, I don't know, 15 years, not knowing what to do, and I'm glad that today, on the A to Z of everything, we've figured out what I need to do.
0: It's good. There's a lot of mudslinging that goes on this podcast, but occasionally a bit of good advice does bubble out, doesn't it?
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh,
0: a couple of quick ones before we go. Ian says Funko Pops. Uh, I fundamentally don't understand what they are, even though you go into a lot of shops and there's just wall-to-wall of these things. They're like little plastic dolls. That are famous characters from like cartoons or TV series, etc. Are you aware of the Funko Pop?
1: I'm not, but basically they're just characters from TV series that we recognise, right?
0: Yeah, but I just people love them and they're they're obsessed with. They? them. I don't quite understand. Do they it, so they collect them? They do collect them. So uh, wow. that's going in there. Ian F indeed is for uh, Funko Pops. One other quick one here as well. Uh, I love this. Nathaniel Brennan has got in touch with us to say F is for Fanta Limon and how it reminds everyone of being on holiday.
1: One hundred percent.
0: Fanta lemon over here doesn't taste right. Fanta lemon by a beach in Greece with your mum and dad, bang, suddenly you're on holiday.
1: Weird, isn't it the way we just have certain things and we're on holiday and that, and if you had some here, it would bring you back to that holiday in Greece, but it just wouldn't be the same.
0: It wouldn't be the same, so let's go on the list as well. Other, other quick ones, just to sneak in before we get to the end of this episode, Martin Dunn says Filofax, the yuppie accessory. I, I've only just got rid of my Filofax, I was a I was a file of fax kind of stalwart for a while, wasn't I, Louise?
1: Yeah, carrying it around and stuff and writing your bits and bobs in
0: it. Yeah, yeah, all my stuff in there. And then I think I lost it for a bit and then didn't have access to anything. So I realised yeah. that's quite scary. And hi to Mickey Welch, who's made a really interesting list of footballers with daft names that start with an F. Prim Pong, Frank LaBeouf, Fred, Fatty, Jamal Fudge, Brent Forward, <laughs> and Jake Funk. Wow. What about that? So uh, there you go. That is another episode of the A to Z of everything in the bag. Thank you for all your brilliant suggestions. Speaking of the bag, should we draw from the bag of destiny and see where we're at next week, Louise? Let's do it. Let's have a good old rummage around here. Uh, Loads of different ways to get in touch. At Bush on the radio on Twitter. Come and say hello to our now rebranded Instagram account, uh, A to Z of everything. A lot lot of questions posed in this episode, so do get back to us. Okay, I have drawn from the bag the letter L.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Next week, things beginning with L, get in touch what should we be talking about we'll give you a shout out we appreciate you getting involved we appreciate you listening Uh, this has been a Curious Mole production produced by the brilliant Dane Smith and the music is by Revolution Void Uh, you've been listening to the A to Z of Everything and we will see you next week goodbye
1: bye Bush